Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Amen. Well, let's study the Word of God real quick this evening. If we go to Proverbs chapter 20, we're studying the Spirit of God, the Spirit of man. We've seen that we're created in the likeness and image of God. Everybody say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Say it again. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Now, your spirit on the inside is that which is made in the likeness and image of God. We know through the fall. Everybody say the fall. Man's sin. Man, when he committed the trespass of disobeying the law that God gave him in the garden, man's spirit became separated from God's spirit. The glory that man was created uh, to, to express in his life that came out of his spirit and clothed him was removed, and man saw that he was uncovered. Everybody say uncovered. But thank God Jesus came through redemption and gave us what we call the new creature, the recreated spirit on the inside of a man or woman. That is what happened at the new birth. When you got born again, the Spirit of God came to abide in you, and it imparted life. Everybody say life. Now that life is the word zoe, that which means the life of God. Now always remember this. You are already in eternity. Amen? When you die and go to heaven, you don't go into eternity when you go into heaven. You're already in eternity right now. And so is every man and woman on this planet. So is every man and woman that has ever lived on this planet because as far as the human spirit is concerned, there is no cessation of life. There's just life in different locations. You're either alive here on the earth or you're existing here on the earth. You're either alive in heaven or you're alive in hell. That, that's all. That's the only three places there are. You know, people talk about all kinds of these crazy ideas and theories, and that's all they are. But in reality, spirits abide in one of three places, heaven, earth, or under the earth. Amen. So we want to make sure we get as many people as possible that are on the earth, their eternal destiny to be heaven. Because you don't want to go the other place. Amen. Now, Proverbs 20, real quick, notice verse 27. It says, the spirit of man, or the spirit of man, that mankind, man or woman, is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Amplified says it like this. The spirit of man, that factor in human personality which proceeds immediately from God, is the lamp of the Lord searching all his innermost parts. So we must understand that God has put within us the likeness and image of himself, and that is the communication center of God. God speaks to humanity spirit to spirit. Now let me say this, because we, we'll touch on this maybe next Wednesday night. This may help you a little bit. People say, but there are times when I've heard from God, when it, that, that, that was in my mind. That's your human spirit speaking to your mind. God speaks to your human spirit, your human spirit speaks to your mind. Now that's, that's the part, that's what we would call the most basic part of divine communication. When God communicates to the human spirit and the human spirit communicates to the human mind. Every human being experiences that. That's the way you got saved. 
is God's spirit communicated to your human spirit and your human spirit made a your human spirit communicated to your mind and your mind made a decision everybody say a decision so you got to understand your mind is where you make decisions at amen so we must understand that even in the world people are aware of their spirit they call it their conscience uh what was that um Magnum. Anybody ever watch Magnum P.I.? I like to watch it just because it shows Hawaii, you know? I kind of like Hawaii. But, you know, he goes out and he investigates these crimes. He does all this kind of stuff. And he's always talking about his little voice. Is that how he says it? His, his little voice. My little voice was saying this. Or my, you know what he's talking about? I know it's just television. He's talking about his spirit. People talk about intuition. People talk about conscience. I've heard people, uh, even uh, recently, there was a, a, a plane crash or, a, or, a, or it was a ferry, I think a ferry that sunk or something like that. But one of the people was, was saying that did not get on it was saying, I knew I wasn't supposed to get on there. So there is something about the makeup of the human being where the, where the human spirit still has interaction with not only the mind but the flesh and can, and can literally cause you to make decisions. Now, the thing about your spirit now being enlightened by the Spirit of God. Now, you have to understand this, church. And if you don't understand this, you'll never use it to your, your greatest benefit. But in reality, now listen to me very closely. In reality, because you have the life of God in your spirit, you have a great advantage over everybody else in this earth that doesn't. Now, let me say that again. Because you have the life of God in your spirit. You have a great advantage over everyone in this earth that does not have that. The problem is most people do not utilize that. Amen. So you've got to begin to understand. Once you're born again, you know, you're a three-part being. You're, you're, you live in a body, you have a soul, you are a spirit. Once you are born again, that takes care of one-third of your makeup. In reality, you have no spiritual problems. You have mind problems, you have emotion problems, you have a will problem, and you have flesh problems. But really the only problem relative to your human spirit is growth and development. Every person I've ever dealt with that claimed they had a spiritual problem had a problem in their soul. Had a problem with their mind or their emotions or their will. But when people just let their spirit sit dormant after the new birth, kind of like the, 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 the parable we just read about the person with the talents. They kind of dig in their flesh and bury that which God's done. And then they don't learn to live by their spirit. Let me tell you something. If you can learn to live by your spirit, there is nothing impossible with, 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 uh, for you. I'm telling you, you can make millions of dollars. You can overcome any disease. Uh, you can live in any nation. You can do whatever God's called you to do. But you've got to learn to live by your spirit, not by your flesh and not by your mind. And too many people in the body of Christ have receded or recessed back from that and wonder why they're having so many problems. Amen. The peak of this that began to happen in the 90s with the charismatic move and the prosperity move that began to take place and the teaching of the word of faith as it began to climax and God began to move in an unprecedented way. Listen, literally, 
So many people, so much happened that was erroneous and men got their hands on it and began to make a mess of it. So many people backed away from it because of the mistakes of men. They need to realize and turn around and come back into that which God's called them to do. Just because man messes it up doesn't mean it's of God, not of God. We still have to learn to live by the Spirit. We still have to learn how to follow the Holy Ghost, follow the Spirit of God, and live by the Spirit of God in every area of our lives. Now, with that in mind, go, go all the way over to the Gospel of John. Look at John. We'll look at Romans real quick. Look at John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Not the Gospel, the letter. 1 John chapter 5. Look there at verse 17. It says, all unrighteousness is sin. Well, how, 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 how do you know how not to sin? Don't do anything unrighteous. Don't get into sin. Amen. A lot of times people get into unrighteousness and their, their, their flesh is so trained to it, their soul is so trained to it, and it hamstrings their spirit from bringing true conviction into their heart, so they just live in sin. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about Christians. It says we know that whoso, then it says there is a sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Now what's that talking about? Who is the whosoever that's born of God? Who is the whosoever that's born of God? It's your human spirit that's born of God. Your mind is not born of God. Your flesh is not born of God. Your human spirit is born of God. So if you've got something born of God, you ought to lean toward that. Too many people lean on the arm of the flesh. Too many people lean on the arm of the soul and wonder why they have so many problems. You have to learn to begin to live by your spirit because the part of you in which the enemy cannot access is your human spirit. Now notice this. Notice it very closely. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. There is no sin resident in your human spirit. Your human spirit is righteous. Before you were born again, your human spirit was iniquitous or had iniquity in it, which is the motivation to sin. It's gone. It's not there. Now I'll come back to that in just a minute. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one toucheth him not. Now this, this qualifies the whosoever that is born of God. He said, what do you mean by that? The whosoever that is born of God, the wicked one, the wicked one toucheth him not. So it can't be your mind. Anyone the wicked one ever try to touch your mind? Well, just about every hour of the day. The wicked one's trying to mess with your mind. Amen. What about your flesh? Has the wicked one ever touched your flesh, tried to make you sick, tried to give you some kind of disease, tried to give you the flu or a cold, something like that? So we know that's not talking about our flesh or our mind. That's talking about the inward man, the hidden man of the heart. That's talking about the spirit, uh, the spirit of man that is born again. Now listen to what it says. This is so good. The wicked one toucheth him not. Listen to it in the Amplified, verse 18. It says, we know absolutely that anyone born of God does not deliberately and knowingly practice committing sin. But the one who was begotten of God carefully watches over 
and protects him, Christ's divine present within him preserves him against the evil, and the wicked one does not lay hold or get a grip on him or touch him. The devil cannot touch a human spirit. Somebody ought to get excited about that. So all those people got some real serious, real serious spiritual problems. No, they don't. The only spiritual problem you can have is lack of growth and development, and that is a major problem. When you don't study the Word, when you don't pray, when you get apathetic in your spirit, when you get apathetic in your heart, literally it causes your heart to shut down, your spirit to shut down, and your mind and your flesh to dominate you. And when your mind and flesh dominate you, that's where the wicked one has access. He's going to confuse you. He's going to depress you. He's going to do all kinds of things to mess with you. And the problem is your flesh and your mind have been trained by the taskmaster of iniquity. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of guys made a lot of money on this in the 90s. Preaching on family curses and family weaknesses. And I listened to a bunch of it and thought to myself, why don't these guys shut up? Because they were teaching and inherent in every person is a weakness, a propensity toward alcoholism, drugs, divorce, cancer, diabetes, arthritis. And you must, first of all, dig around in your family. Dig around in your family, investigate your family, and find out why you have these weaknesses. How many, how many remember that teaching? Why aren't they teaching that anymore? not true exactly right because we can dig around in our families and find everything I got alcoholics in my family I've got people that's had arthritis diabetes every kind of I mean you dig in your family you're gonna find people with every problem unique to humanity and you're not gonna get any help by, by you know Prophet Boo Boo coming in and putting his hands on you and breaking some family curse. Amen? That's not going to work. What you're going to have to do is recognize and realize that I am born again. My human spirit on the inside is sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. The evil one cannot touch my human spirit, so I'm going to feed and exercise my human spirit. I'm going to let it participate in what God's doing in the earth. And from the standpoint of my spirit, I'm going to establish a platform of victory in my life. Victory over what? Over the iniquity that used to be in your spirit that trained your mind and your flesh on how to smoke, how to drink, how to do drugs, how to gamble, how to be mean, how to be prejudiced, how you name it, that iniquity trained you and your mind and your flesh are trained by it. And if you let your spirit stay dormant, then what you were trained to do will show up in your life. I can't understand. I can't get rid of this. I heard one guy, he caught me out in the hall out there. He was just crying. He said, I'll tell you what. Okay, he was, he was having problems with weed. He'd been smoking weed for 20 years. I love God. I'm born again. And I'm cried out and cried out for God to take this weed from me. I looked at him. I said, God ain't going to take that weed from you. He looked at me like I'd slapped him with a fish. I said, God's not going to take that weed from you. 
He said, what am I going to do? I said, you're going to grow up in your spirit and you're going to get rid of it out of your life. God doesn't want your weed. He doesn't want your cigarette. He doesn't want your scratch ticket. Amen. He don't want that stuff. What he does is empower you through your spirit to get rid of it. To lay it down, to lay it aside, to overcome it. Amen. And we don't realize and recognize that unless we renew our mind with the Word of God, present our bodies as a living sacrifice, do what the Word of God requires us to cause our flesh and our mind to weaken and our spirit to strengthen, then we're going to live under the bondage of the taskmaster of the iniquity that's not even resident in us anymore. It's like, listen, it'd be like if you were a resident of North Korea. Could you imagine the, the, the bondage it must be to just be a citizen of North Korea? And all of a sudden, the Navy SEALs came in with a helicopter, grabbed you up and took you and brought you to Galveston and put you in a nice condo and left you there. You would still think the way you thought, the way you lived, in North Korea. You'd be looking out the window. You'd be wondering if the, if the phones were tight. You, you would have no idea of the freedom afforded you just because of a change of location. Well, you've had a spiritual change of location. A little bit more than the Navy SEALs came and got you. Jesus lifted you out of the miry clay and set your feet on a rock to stay and imparted His life to your spirit. Amen. And when he did that, you became a citizen of heaven. The problem is most of you are still living like you live in the United States. Did you get that? You are not. You are an ambassador. You're a citizen of heaven. You need to live like you live in heaven. What did, what did Jesus say? Thy will be done in earth. He's just looking for some people that's going to do the will on earth as it's done in heaven. You say, what do you mean by it? Well, God, I'm dependent on God for a place to live, something to eat, food on, uh, food on my table, clothes, provision, everything I need. I trust Him. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I lean not into my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge Him. He directs my path. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I talk faith. I live in the Spirit. I walk by the Spirit. I pray in the Holy Ghost. I do everything I can do spiritually to live as a citizen, a foreign citizen from another planet here on this earth. I am an alien. Actually, that's what it said about Moses. Moses, when it talks about him being a, uh, 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 what is it, how does it say it, a, a special child, or uh, I forget how it's actually worded, but actually they could look at him and tell he, he's not from here. That's why they hid him away. He's not from here. Amen? Said he looked for a city whose foundation was God. The same thing is true of all of us. We are born again. Now, real quick, let me close with this. Go to Romans. Romans chapter, chapter 8. Verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God or the sons and daughters of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear 
but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be glorified together. Now let me read 16, verse 16, the Amplified. The Spirit Himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are the children of God. Everybody say, I'm a child of God. Say, I'm a child of God. Now, God is not a delinquent father. Amen. Our image of God needs to be His Word. Not what religion says, not what tradition says, not what Hollywood says. God is not George Burns. Remember the, what was it, Oh God or what? I, I hated that movie so much. I just, every time it'd come on, I'd, it made me so mad. You know, they choose some little old man. This is God. That ain't God. He's not the man upstairs. He's not some actor from... T- Who was the other one that was God? Morgan Freeman. It ain't him. That's not him. God is God. And we can't let Hollywood or religion paint the picture of God in our heart. It must be the Word of God that paints the picture of a loving, caring, benevolent, kind merciful heavenly father and what how how do you know say that bears witness that impresses itself upon our spirit so that we know everybody say we know that's that's where i get this when i ask people how many believe you're saved and people i believe i'm saying believe i say and i say you're not you need to come and get saved because we don't believe once faith is taken hold we know it everybody say we know it Because that's how faith works. Now notice what it says again. The Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are. Everybody say, I I am. Not I believe I am, I am. Amen. We are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Oh my goodness. What did Christ receive through the resurrection? What did He accomplish through redemption? Have you read your family will? Now, let me close with this. This this will help you. If you ever have to go through this process, if you ever have a loved one die that leaves you anything, you will have to go. If they legally left you anything, if they had a will, there is a, a, a system that you will have to go through in order to receive what is in that will. Now think about this for a moment. You think, well, you know, Uncle Bob left me a million dollars, but I don't like lawyers, and I ain't no way I'm going down to no courthouse. Amen. And I, I don't understand all that mumbo jumbo that that. All I know is Uncle Bob's dead. Left me a million. I want my money. Bring me my money. That ain't gonna happen. You need to go see attorney so-and-so. I ain't going to see no lawyer. You're going to rip me off. I want my money. I'm not going to get your money. I got a letter that says it's mine. Okay. What does the letter say? Well, it says I'm supposed to go see this lawyer, but I don't trust lawyers. I want my money. You're not getting your money. You have to go through the process, and until you get your knucklehead 
in the right direction. You can go around and tell everybody in the world, you're a millionaire now because you got a million dollars from Uncle Bob, but not one penny of it will affect your life till you do what is required of you to get that will in probate and get the provisions of that will acted upon by the courts of, this, uh, courts of our state and the courts of our nation so that that money can be released to you and you can put it in your bank account. And let, let me tell you, I'll take another step. You say, well, I did all that and I got my million dollar check. So you go down to the bank and say, boom, I want a million dollars in cash. Do you know what they're going to do? They're going to laugh at you. I don't trust banks. I want my money. They're going to laugh at you. They're not going to give you a million dollars in cash. They're not going to give it to you in nickels. They're not going to give it to you in quarters. They're not going to give it to you in crisp $1 bills or $100 bills. They're not going to give it to you. You say, why? It's not legal. You have to do what is legal. This is the will. What's neat about this is this is the will and the law book. And the law of the spirit of life in Christ makes us free from the law of sin and death. And you've got an advocate with the Father, which is Jesus Christ the righteous, the one who died to leave you the will, now sits at the right hand of the Father as the attorney that helps probate it and helps you act upon it and bring it into the reality of your life. Well, I want God to bless my money. You're going to have to tithe an offer. I don't want to tithe an offer. Then you're not getting nothing from the will. Well, I want to be healed. I've got, I've got sugar diabetes. I've got arthritis. I want to be healed. Then you're going to have to believe in your heart. You're going to have to confess with your mouth. You're going to have to stand on the Word of God. And you've got to use the wisdom of God with your body. You see, I don't want to do that. I just want to be healed. It's not going to happen. You say, why? His Spirit bears witness with our spirit and guides us through every process the Word of God has for us in order for us to obtain the maximum benefit. Now, if God wants anyone to have the maximum benefit of His Word, who would it be? It'd be the people at the end of this thing. You say, what do you mean by it? Not just, not just thank God for the 40s and the 30s and Azusa Street and the Welsh Revival. He'd want the people, right before Jesus comes back, because He's coming back for what kind of a church? What could a glorious church be but a church that has fully acquainted itself with the legal will that belongs to them and how to appropriate it in the earth? That would, would be what I call a glorious church. You say, well, you, Pastor, you just talk like I, I can't. I'm not allowed to have any opinion. or I, You can have all you want. But that doesn't mean it's going to get you anything from God. The day you get delivered from your own religious opinion, religious ideas, your own reasoning in your own mind, and just make a decision. I'm going to receive the Word of God for what it says. If it's, I'm going to receive it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to confess it. I'm going to treat the Word of God like the Word instructs me to. And I'm going to allow my spirit man to grow up and dominate my mind and my flesh. Then get ready. You're fixing to experience blessings you've never, ever realized before. And it will affect your life and affect others around you. And it will also show forth the glory of God, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, and make your life something others want to have that's what God wants to do is to show his goodness and glory but we've got to do it his way spiritually by our spirit and understand these precepts and principles amen you love the Lord tonight did you learn something well lift your hands up and worship God Father we worship you tonight 
Thank you for the goodness of your word, that which it produces in our lives. Thank you for all that you're doing, all that you've done, all that you're going to do, Father. We rejoice in the midst of it in Jesus' name. Now, Father, as we leave tonight, we thank you for the provision that you afford us out of your word. Therefore, we appropriate the will. The will of God is not for us to be in an accident. The will of God is not for us to suffer with the flu or colds or viruses. The will of God is not for us to be under the bondage of our adversary. So we claim Psalms 91, declaring over all the congregation, no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We as your people walk on serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. Father, we thank you tonight as we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation, whether for pleasure, recreation, or business. We call ourselves protected, we call ourselves blessed, and we call ourselves safe in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you also as we handle the resources that you've given us in life. We are not subject to accidents, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself, but we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thanking you, Lord God, we're safe and protected. Thank you for the door of utterance. Let our voice be heard. Let our light shine. Let us have a fire of evangelism begin to be stoked in our heart as we enter into 2018. Let our witness be strong in this community. In Jesus' name we ask. Lord, we leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We live walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.